Coming up, there's been a murder at Universal Studios, Florida. <laughs> well, there was. It happened. It was called Murder, She Wrote Theater. There was no actually murder. It's just Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater. Traction. It was there. It's not anymore. We're going to talk about it, despite not experiencing it ourselves. It's going to be a fun one. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 249 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams. Today, I am joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. And then back on the controls, we have Corey Viascanaro. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. So, fun episode this week. This is, uh, I, I guess this is a Universal Hall of Fame episode that I didn't really uh, think about as we went through it, but uh, it's not the first time that we've done a, a throwback Universal Hall of Fame episode. I believe we did it for... Back to the Future, the ride, when we did that on mm-hmm. Back to the Future Day a couple of years ago. Yeah, remember oh, when you had to get the newspaper at the airport and everything? You went to get the newspaper at the airport. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, back in 2015, we did that episode. I know we did one on Jaws in the Amity area as well, too. We haven't done Confrontation. I'll be honest, this might be the first one we've done since that Jaws and Amity one, or Back to the Future. It's been a while, but... The reason why it sometimes takes a long time for these episodes is because we have to uh, we we have to do a lot of extra research and video watching on it because uh, while Rhino has vivid memories of some of his trips to Universal uh, Studios Florida way way back in the day, again I did not start visiting Universal Orlando until the ripe year of 2011. So. I missed out on so, so much history along the way. So many good attractions that had come and gone before my time. And, uh, you know, one that I've been wanting to talk about for the longest time actually was, in fact, the Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater that was a an attraction at Universal Studios Florida way, way back in the day. But there was just never enough about it out there. There was a couple articles that other other websites and stuff had written out there that I could kind of get an idea about it, but even then it was like paragraphs at most, no description at all. And there was a couple incomplete videos on YouTube that kind of gave me the idea of what happened. And then there was this promo video that was put out in the very early nineties, kind of showcasing everything that Universal offered. And, you know, they they showed a good amount of murder she wrote mystery theater in in that little special, but still not the full thing. Just enough to get the idea that okay, it's kind of like a, a behind the scenes look at how they do a lot of like the post production mm. on an episode of Murder She Wrote in that that sense, but still not enough. And then you know, one of those days, I'm just sitting going on a YouTube binge, looking through, and in the the great year of 2020 in January, uh, a a YouTube channel with only 24 subscribers from 
it's called Flub Drummer One Three Two. I hope Flub is not a uh, a bad word, and I just said it multiple times. I'm just saying what the name is. Uh, if I if I thought that it was a bad word, then I wouldn't say it. I would just say I'll put us the link in the show notes to the channel where it's uploaded. Uh, has only 42 views. I know at least three of them are from me, and probably two of <laughs> yeah. them are from Rhino. And that is an almost complete experience taking you through murder she wrote mystery theater from uh, 1994 is when they filmed this it is you know definitely shot probably on a vhs camcorder way back in the day as really a, as grainy. opposed to what um it, they would have been super eight so oh, okay then too and you know some people might have even still been shooting on <laughs> i can't believe older format yeah you it's know? definitely video. It's not. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Well, you can tell because, like, literally, as it starts, it's got like, the play. Yeah, it was so. If it wasn't shot directly on a video camera, it was at least converted to VHS yeah. instantly. And so the video starts out with the play button on there. So before you go any further on this episode, I have to recommend going and watching this video to get an idea. And then I'm going to post a link to that. I mentioned that promo video that shows definitely a lot of higher quality uh, material from this attraction. But between watching the two of those, you can actually get a, a really good idea about the entirety of this attraction and what it was. Cause it is, it's the idea behind it is not bonkers at all. Not, not in the same way, not in the, not at all for, for a theme park that was literally designed to show you the behind the scenes making of the movies on a real working studio lot. Uh, to show the post production process isn't weird. Uh, over at Disney MGM Studios across the way at the same time, you know, you had the, you had the, I, I'm going to screw up the name on it, but it, in the same idea as this, you had the Monster Sound, Monster Sounds show. Where? Sorry. At MGM. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, you didn't really. Yeah, the Monster Sound Show at MGM was kind of the same thing. It was a folly, uh, a folly exhibit, you know, then replaced ultimately by. It was it was showing like this horror movie or horror TV show. I can't remember which which of the two it was. But basically, you sat in the same room, the Drew Carey Theater. And that it eventually became and they had all the folly instruments around in front and you would see how the sounds get inserted in with, in this case, this this uh, this show that the monster sound show or monster. I I can't remember all the details of it, but it basically showcased the foley work that that happened on this. It was a they helped record sound effects for a short comedic film starring Martin Short and Chevy Chase. I um, forgot that I remembered Martin Short was a part of that. I forgot that Chevy Chase was in that attraction too. What a world! What a world we live in, where Chevy Chase, Martin Short together at at Walt Disney World, and then across the way at Universal Orlando, you had Angela Lansbury teaming up with Tom Selleck himself. Mm-hmm. What a what a time to be alive that what? we were alive in, but not experiencing. So. Yes, that's that's the homework on that. Go and watch everything. And now we are going to start by talking about, for all those people who didn't bother to stop this and watch the videos, we're going to talk about the attraction, where it was, and what it was like. So uh, the first thing to note, you might say, well, where can I go and pay tribute to Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater? Where can I, I leave flowers outside the the building because I missed it and never got the chance to experience it? Well... Uh, the best answer is essentially 
Transformers because mystery murder she wrote mystery theater was in soundstage 44 which was demolished to make room for Transformers the ride 3D in 2012 and gone gone and gone completely so you can no longer say you walk through the halls of the mystery theater no longer there at all so after murder she wrote mystery theater closed it was replaced with the hercules and xena uh also production one i think you may have said that you remembered that one no 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 you didn't okay did you ever experience experience i did not experience this one i don't think my mother probably would have thought it was appropriate at that age i guess maybe that's well, fine. It's like ten. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, you maybe would have been, I would have been all right. You would have been all right. Maybe you didn't watch Murder She Wrote, but you would have uh, been fine. How dare you? You watched Murder She Wrote and Diagnosis Murder. Well, the it's funny a Dick Van Dyke, Angela Lansbury Happy Hour. The funny part is this. Literally, like I don't know when you decided you wanted to make movies and be in production and stuff, but literally this this could have been the attraction that inspired you to actually do it was this not one day. that no. <laughs> but it could have been it could have been. been especially because uh for people who don't know rhino's taste he does enjoy the art of post-production I sure and do. uh this is literally looking at the post-production so uh from what i could take away between the two videos uh murder she wrote mystery theater started with a brief introduction from uh none other than angela lansbury herself playing playing detective fletcher Correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes, Jessica. Jessica, Jessica Fletcher. Fletcher. Uh, it's been a while since I've caught a Murder, She Wrote episode. So. They're all on Netflix if you're interested. Or they were. I, yeah, see, I did, that, right? I did not realize that. Yeah. I did not realize that. Because I was like, ooh, that's the next show I'm going to launch into and watch all these episodes that I remember just flashes of when I was a kid. I'd love to. I, I literally, it's been forever. Every time I do the studio tour, it it universal studios hollywood and they're like oh but coming up we're hitting we're hitting the the town of amity that some might out there remember as cabot cove for murder she wrote i'm like oh yeah i should i should go back and watch it to understand more and maybe see when i can get those parallels but uh it's it's been a, a long hot while but essentially from what i could put together on this angela lansbury is it's not on there anymore oh MG, it is not on here anymore. Keep going. I'll check well, we'll have to petition uh, maybe the Peacock because I'm. I want to say. Oh, maybe it is. I want to say it's maybe go it's there. going to be on that later one day. Who knows? We'll find out. But we are we are there because we are going to help become the producers of the show and finish up with the post production on on an episode of Murder She Wrote Mystery. Uh not Mystery Theater. That was the attraction, but we're gonna help with the episode of Murder She Wrote. And the first uh process of that really is on the actual editing portion of the post production process. So the editor is there along for the journey and kind of running over like what it means to actually do the editing on a show in terms of the actual cutting. And the wild part of that is, you know, she's got all the camera monitors set up in there. It's obviously uh, not shot live in this case. It's all shot to tape. So she's basically doing uh, showing off this at the time, a state of the art system of linear editing that was probably all fake and just set up there for the show. 
but basically showing how you how you would piece together back in the day, piece together an episode of a TV show, and even using the example of like, okay, we have Jessica Fletcher here, and she's going to react to this, and maybe we can have her react to finding a body on the floor, or maybe we can re- have her react to uh, Tom Selleck standing. No, we don't right have a budget for that. We don't have the time for that. <laughs> they don't, but uh, Tom Selleck still got his face in there that way. But it's it's, it's all on Amazon Prime, just so we are. Okay, that, that's so where it, it is, is now. Somewhere. Yeah, it went on Amazon. It went from Hulu to Amazon. Okay, so I mean from Netflix to Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, cool part in this regards is like, even though back then it was like, oh, this is what was happening. Nowadays, it's kind of cool to see for people out there who might be interested in the editing process and stuff. It's really cool to see the linear editing process. So I know I had that's to, how I learned how to that's edit. How you, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Wait. still can hear the beeps from some of the videos I used to make. Like, oh, yeah. when I watch them, I'll be like beep. Well, and that's what like drove me nuts in watching the video of it because she's even saying like, okay, we're going to have to – we'll mark our time in yeah. and Boop. time out and Boop. which shot we're going to choose. And like it gives me nightmares of being like, okay, you do – because you had to set out everything precisely, like put in those – put in the times of when you wanted it with the entire time code there and in and out. Well, and then if it if, – if, if, if depending on the equipment, it could slide a frame or two. Yeah. So you'd be like, I have the precise cut where I need it to go. And you'd have to redo it like three or four times to get it just right. But then also when you're dealing with video, every time you take a video and then record another layer down. So if you've already started, you filmed it out there, wherever you're doing, and then you have to – so it's all on that recording. Oh, yeah. Then to get it on the video, that's one generation down. And then the final copy is another generation down. So you're already like two generations down. And you're- oh, yeah. No, in there – I mean, there was times where I really screwed up so much that then you're just constantly copying over, over video cassettes. Over, I, I, I love the rewind again. when you can Ugh. see you could see through what you had just edited. Where you like the whatever you had like you we used to always have to reformat the tape, whatever. Yeah. So you just literally record with a black screen. Yep. But then if you hit rewind, you can sometimes see the images of what were underneath, and you're like, ah, the days before. Yeah, I am so glad that does not exist anymore. I'm glad that it's a. It's an art that I thought like, oh, well, I'll never need that again. And then oddly enough, when I I was interning with a news station in 2009, like they still were were still linear linear editing. editing? Oh, my goodness. I learned how to nonlinear like on the computer with like with um, uh, I think it was an Adobe like in like 2003. Well, 2004 in my high school, if you took video one, you had to learn you had to learn how to do linear editing. Yeah. And that was like knowing like, okay, this is an art form that is dying. Yeah. They know they and, knew digital you, video was on the horizon yeah, and you need to, but then if you took video two, that's when you got to use our nonlinear machines. Uh, and yeah. we only had two of those. Yeah. So that's because funny. of that, you know, it's like you had to, you had to be serious if you wanted to learn how to do it, how the future was coming. And then once I got to college and we had freaking Macs everywhere, it was like, oh yeah, no, just use Final Cut. It's great. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. What? Yeah. What have I been missing my whole life? Also, and, I was like, I can only edit in order. You yeah. don't have the beginning yet. You mean, how do I start? Like, that was a big hard part to be like, they'd be like, well, you just leave a space. Yeah. And I'm like, but how will it not know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it was, it's insane how much technology has just come since I've been around. But yeah, so then to do like four years in college of only using Macs and then having an internship and having to go back to yeah. linear editing, it was like, 
God. Okay, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. But and I'm sure that's changed since now that oh, yeah. they don't do. Hopefully, they don't do that for most news stations anymore because uh, it's been 11 years since then. So I hope technology has come far enough. But anyways, uh, that is the first part of the process. I'm sorry that Rhino just Rhino and I just did a deep dive into our past lives on this one. But the next room that you are shuffled into is where you get the closest comparison to that Monster Sound show that I was telling you about. And that's the Foley room. And for those of you who don't know what Foley work is, uh, that's where you're adding in your sounds, the sounds that you are creating yourself uh to put in there and fully artists like it, was that one of your dream jobs at one point in time oh god too? no uh, no <laughs> i didn't want to have so. like the no. slide whistle and go, boom. the steps in the <laughs> pavement where they're like okay now we're on rocks and now we're in the snow crunch 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 yeah <laughs> oh and now we need to simulate a thunderstorm Get out the big, uh, the the, big the metal sheet, thing and the, go. <laughs> the, the, the scariest thing about when you like really started learning about film was re- learning how much, and I, this gives me a great appreciation of a lot of movies, how much sound is not actually captured while you're filming. That, oh, yeah. Because everything, like the original Star Wars movie, and you can tell now, but like, like 90% of that is all done afterwards. Like none yeah. of that sound was in there. And you can tell there's a lot of dubbed work in there, but. But it's more than that. It's the footsteps. It's the sound of the door. Yeah. It's the sound of, you know, it's this, that sound of just like the brushing of your shirt. Oh, yeah. So. That, and that's why sound editing is one of the awards that you see at the Oscars. It's literally creating sounds for movies. Yeah. And some movies have a ton of them. Some have less. But there is always going to be, if it's, a, if it's released in theaters, it's probably going to have someone actually creating the sounds, not not worrying about capturing those those live on yeah. location sounds and like you said with dialogue in the ideal world in making a movie you want to capture the dialogue right on tape and you know for tv shows for sitcoms it's like you rarely have an issue where you have to do uh, additional dialogue in post production because you you screwed something up. Usually that's that's pretty spot on. Movies it's a different case. You right. Know? Yeah. Might be a windy day where they need you to replace your dialogue later, but uh, it's it's also how they reshape yeah. the story in editing. They'll yeah. they'll dub over another dialogue. You'll see it whenever a character's back is turned or the and shot changes. But they're still you hear speaking. the ADR. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little technique, uh, so they don't have to spend the extra money on reshoots. But the Foley work, the art of making sounds, is what this one is specifically focused on. And and it is a cute section. This takes up a, a good amount of the this attraction, and it makes sense, too, because, you know, they have to pull people from the audience to help make the voices. Like, of course, in, in the example in the video, I saw another one uh, where it's a different age range, but in this video... That we're specifically watching, like there's one part where they're talking about voice modulation, and so yeah. they're like, "Okay, we need this little kid in the audience to get uh, get a roar for King Kong if we're yeah. going to do that." And so, of course, it's just raw. But then they apply post production to the sound mixing, and then it turns into the roar. And they're doing the same thing. Maybe it's a woman in this one, and they I have it all switched around. But like that's one of the examples that they show. I mentioned the thunderstorm uh, in wind effect by uh, the big sheet, the big sheet metal, and shaking that all around. They do that. Uh, one of the funny moments comes in where there's uh, they they need sound effects for the shot of two people kissing in the scene, so mm-hmm. they get a person to go in and do. A and it's like, of course, that's not how they're doing it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's got to be all completely over the top, 
like bad sounding so that way uh you know it's everyone can just sit there and laugh and be like oh how do they how do they not know uh how silly this all sounds they can't actually simulate kissing well but it's you know it's still fun nonetheless it's something like i would have been thrilled as a kid if i was chosen to come up and and participate and be like i'm lending i'm lending my sounds to murder she wrote like it's just kind of cool yeah yeah but uh, we spent a long time talking about ADR in that last uh, in that last portion there because that's actually the final final portion of the step of this this actual attraction and that's where there's you know you're in the sound room and they pull two more people into uh, into this attraction so that way they can be volunteers for it with the uh, with the operator running the board and essentially. They need to uh, they need to overdub yeah. some of the actors in the show, and they give them the lines to to read and everything at it. But it's really it's really the part of the show where you find out that it actually takes a lot of effort in order to to lips uh, to match the sync yeah. of the actual voice, and then also not come off sounding it's too hard. terrible. It's it, it's bad, but uh, it, is, it is a talent. To, to have to do this i had to try and do this once uh, like with an actor and it was a nightmare yeah, i've never for one sentence it was a nightmare i've never done it before myself firsthand i've never had to do it before you know i've i've had to sync up when we make videos and the sync goes out of control i've had to try to match it up right but never taken no, spoken dialogue think, and then maybe I, like oh this one was spoken faster and you'll be like how hard is it to just repeat something the exact same way the exact same way and yeah. you're like it's it sounds easy in the moment but then when you watch your mouth you'll you have to be like i i it's it's it was i was just like you know what we're just gonna use the original sound <laughs> yeah so uh definitely a cool part of the process and ultimately the big payoff on this is you already in the first portion of the attraction you saw the cuts that were being made to the episode and then the next portion you saw those sound effects getting added in and then the final portion you saw the dialogue that you needed added in as well of course the attraction has to end with you finally got that episode ready for broadcast and it's about to be put out into the world but you get to watch what you just made first uh complete with those cuts followed by all that terrible foley work <laughs> sounding yeah. in there and of course the terrible dialogue replacement but it's something everyone could sit back and laugh at and you know it's the attraction was definitely a staple of its time considering like we've already said like the style of editing they showed off in the first part isn't even used anymore but you know of course still fully work and and adr and all that stuff it's still around to this day so they could easily make an attraction about it but these attractions are hard to justify anymore because a people want to be in the movies not see how they're made and if they want to see how they're made we also live in an age where you have special features yeah. on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K releases, as well as YouTube. You put out featurettes. Yeah. The movie does all these things. Like it's one of those where you have you have such an astounding amount of access to that information that yeah. you didn't you didn't have you know even just maybe like 15 years ago. So. Oh yeah, no. It's like if if you asked me what would be more what could easily help you learn how movies are made more by going to universal back in the early nineties and experiencing the murder. She wrote mystery theater or sitting at home and putting in the desperado DVD 
and yeah. watching the amazing featurettes yeah. on that that literally show how he makes the movie. Yeah. And he released the book, too, that went yeah, along Yeah, Rebel with Without a Cause. Yeah. So, or, no, Rebel Without a Crew. I'm sorry. Rebel Rebel, without the a play crew. on yeah. Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, so, it's a great book, too, if you haven't read it. Yeah, there's, there's so much stuff out there. So these attractions aren't necessary anymore and that's why it closed in 1996 to be replaced by hercules and xeno wizards of the screen the the next year after that but uh an opening day attraction opened on june 7th 1990 had had six years rhino based on what you saw six years and yeah i know right based on what you saw in the videos of it would you would you put this in the Universal Hall of Fame? No, I don't think so. I think that it's like what we said. Like I think I would have been interested in this when I was younger, um, especially if it had not been nowadays. But this this does not translate to nowadays very well. It's not something. It's it's in that old school. Like we're gonna kind of educate you about this way, and and I appreciate that that that's how this all started. But I think. Um, this also doesn't have repeatability. No. It's very once and you're done. And so it's kind of like it's it's a one and done. And I mean, minus seeing what people, what different noises they're able to make versus yeah. before and who's doing the dialogue now. I mean, I, I really don't want to be this, say this in this way is an offensive thing. But I feel like when I was visiting parks in the 90s and stuff, maybe it wasn't as noticeable. The amount of like especially South American guests. But now at Universal, like anytime I go see the horror makeup show, I would say it's over likely. half of the yeah. time it's I'm getting someone in the theater from South America or or Central America that doesn't speak English at all, and they're the ones chosen. And it's like every single time. So you know, like it, it's I could only imagine if this would ex- if something like this existed now with the amount of uh, English not being the first language being spoken. How like terrible it could all be to go through this experience i think it would be terrible too because i'm sure a lot of people are very apathetic toward this it would be one of those attractions that people are just kind of shuffled into whereas i think when it opened it was probably like oh yeah i watched this show let's go check it out you know let's learn something yeah i uh, but me i'm gonna be on the opposite side i'm going to definitely say it should be in the universal hall of fame because it's a freaking murder she wrote attraction. Yeah, I know like, that that on. is the that is the other half of it where I'm almost like, you know, pat on the back to Universal for making a murder she wrote attraction. Yeah, behind the scenes, Jackie Gailey is sitting in the studio right now. Not on not on camera and mic or anything, but like uh, she's on I'm her typewriter writing out yeah, her own murder she wrote. I'm going to go ahead and say if Jackie was coming to Universal in the 1990s being a Disney fan first and, you know, not knowing anything about Universal, I'm sure she still would have showed up at Universal and said, what murder she wrote? Come on. We're getting on that. Oh, I definitely right? would have done the yeah. attraction. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, I know it. I knew it. She seemed like a murder she wrote kind of girl. And everyone should be. Maybe not a murder she wrote girl, but a murder she wrote person. For sure. So I would put it in for that. But we want to hear what you have to say, too. And uh, there's actually a nice way because as long as I remember to do it, you would have saw at some point in this episode a pop-up that allowed you to vote on this, whether or not you want it mm-hmm. in our little Hall of Fame that we're doing for Universal Orlando. So I don't know if it shows up on all devices. Might only be desktop. Haven't messed around with it before, but I figured it's the easiest way to do it. And for all those listeners out there, I'm sorry. We're leaving you out. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe go to YouTube and vote or uh, you know, always send us stuff on social media. 
do it somehow. But I think I think keeping it on YouTube might be the easier way because when we used to do the voting on the boards, uh, it was hard to get people to vote, more than like 20 people. So maybe we'll have better luck this way. But that's our look back in time. The Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater, a the gem attraction of Universal Orlando from opening day through 1996 and uh, one that I am sad I missed. But – I am glad that someone finally uploaded a more complete video online so I can live Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater anytime I want to. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know you can't really uh, get in touch with a Dreams Unlimited travel agent and try to plan a vacation back in 1994, 92, 96, any of those periods. But if you're looking to go to Universal Orlando in 2020 or beyond, uh, you can always – Get help with that by going to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and working with one of our Universal agents today. They can help you with anything you need to know about Universal Orlando, help you get the best price that you can on a Universal Orlando vacation, whether it's needing a vacation package, park tickets, hotel only, any of that. And so uh, all the agents that work with Universal, they are specifically fans of universal they love the product they know it so they can help you out with it so if you need any help planning your universal orlando vacation besides these kind of fun videos we do head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com so that's going to do it for the show if you need any extra information head over to disunplug.com home of our show notes page for this show all the others on the disunplug podcast network if you're watching this on youtube go ahead subscribe hit that bell button so you get notified when we have new videos and then also leave us comments and questions below as well as hit that thumbs up and then if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, stitcher or spotify Go ahead and uh, leave us feedback if you can, ratings and reviews, and subscribe also if you can. So that's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed this look back in time, but uh, that will do it for this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. We'll see you real soon, but until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. (laughs) 